what we're witnessing now with what we've been talking about with Kavanaugh and what we've been talking now with Cinema and, and Mansion and this the degrading of our democracy. This is how democracy gets killed. We're not actually going to see a murder. We're going to see a slowly tearing away of the fabric of our democracy. And this is what it looks like when we install judges that are corrupt, when we find corrupt politicians to kill policy that makes complete sense and should be implemented for the American people. That's how democracy dies. And, you know, this when is... When you have media machines, yeah. media, cable news, their uh, print or online publication partners intensely pushing out horseshit, yeah. right? And not even doing the basics of journalism, just carrying talking points mm-hmm. or, or making money from outrage. That also is a huge part of why we're here. I ask I did get to see some journalists. There was someone who did a big mea culpa. I can't remember who it was just earlier this week on all of that. Of like, you can't, with this whole drive to sort of both sides everything all the time, that's somehow fairness or, or doing your job. How wrong that is. And, and then I saw someone sent a great graphic, and you guys, I know you saw this. Of both, it's not a fair thing. If you bring someone on that says it's raining outside, and then you bring someone else on that says, no, it's not. Your job as a journalist is not to say, well, look, there we, brought, we presented both sides. Your job is to walk fucking outside and see if it's raining. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. This whole balance That's thing is not actually a good idea for journalism. It's, uh, you know, the Reagan fairness doctrine, you know, it, the fairness doctrine is not a sensible thing because it equally weights both sides of any argument. But one side of an argument can be complete bullshit and doesn't need to be included into any reporting. Where, and the other side could be completely accurate and should be dominating an article. But there is this thing that we've got to be completely balanced, which is not great when you've got a party that only pushes lies and myths about vaccines or COVID and then is trying to you know destroy yeah, democracy, and, and, on the other hand, and install a dictator. I mean, that you shouldn't be giving just, people away to. Just taking the liars, the known liars word mm. for something and saying that that's journalism, which is what that, that Mother Jones article did. Mm-hmm. She didn't call up. She didn't talk, she, did she get a hold of the dad? Did she go and try to get the bank? Did she? She's got a fucking budget. We don't have a budget. It's insane. It's yeah. really, really, really damaging us. Uh, we can't. The reason we need a free press in order for a democracy to advance and why it's protected in the Constitution is we need them to actually do the job and the work of the press and and not whatever this is that they've decided being journalism journalism is now. We always go back to this and we end up talking about it over and over and over again. But I don't want to keep repeating that. But it's just got to somehow clean up that house that the fourth estate has got to get fire hosed. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. It really is a disaster. And it's not getting any better. I mean, especially on the right. It's shocking. Orwell has a line about it, and I'm, I'm going to butcher it or paraphrase it. And he says, um, the purpose of journalism is to print what someone else doesn't want to have in print. Right. Everything else is public relations. That's what that's he good, said. Yeah, so that's true. That's, that's it. true. Yeah. yeah. No, it is true. Yeah. So it's a really good way yeah. of looking at it. You should never be, I mean, as a journalist, you, you know, you're always going to be unpopular. You should be unpopular with the people you're writing about, I think. <laughs> Greg, let's talk about Facebook. You had a, a great podcast this morning on Prevail. It has to do with Facebook as a state. Explain to people exactly what that means. Why do you think that Facebook is operating as a state? Well, we had, you know, this is not my idea, I should say. I had Carrie Kukral on the show, who's great. You can follow her on Twitter. She's somebody that's out who has worked as a biomedical engineer and, and in media and tech media and stuff like that. And she's trying to really figure out how all this stuff kind of fits together. 
Zev, that you talk about often on on your show, you know, Epstein and yeah. that money and Ghislaine Maxwell and um, yep. how that money infiltrated the tech sector and the science sector and and that kind of thing, which is academia, yeah, academia too, yeah, yeah, all of it, which is not something, frankly, that I know much about. So I had her on and was asking her questions about it. It's a, a great interview. You know, she mm. she's cool, really smart person. And one of the things she said in the interview was, um, we were talking about. I asked her about Facebook and you know, how to deregulate it, how to combat it. And she said, we, somebody to the effect of, you know, it's amazing from the 90s to now how much things have changed and how these social media companies, these tech companies have taken on the role of a state, mm -hmm. like a state meaning a country. And that we really have to have to reckon with that, how, you know, what that means for us as individuals and as governments and stuff like that. So she said that. And then in the Atlantic this week, before my podcast came out, but after the interview was recorded, Adrienne LaFrance, the editor there, wrote this great piece also about sort of comparing Facebook. She called it a hostile foreign power, which mm -hmm. I thought was great. It was it's a great that, line. That, yeah. that, that, the Atlantic article is really, really good. Like it's mm. bang on, but it's also beautifully written. You know, and she listed like, you know, what makes a state? Well, you need a couple of things. You need land. Okay, they don't have land. That's the only thing they don't have. They yeah. have their own currency now. They have their own ethos and their, their philosophy yeah. of thinking. And they have people. They have, there's, there's almost 3 billion people on Facebook, yeah. which is- And they write the laws. insane amount of money. Yeah. Yes. Now, you know, how do we reckon with that? With some, And it's run by this guy who thinks he's a fucking Roman emperor from the fourth century. So, <laughs> and looks like one. Frankly, he looks like Gordian the Second a little bit. If you want to Google Gordian oh, yeah. the Second, there's Mark Zuckerberg. Maybe El Gabalus oh, a little bit. He's got yeah. this, and and he does this. Yeah. LB does this, I think, by design. He's got the guy's worth 143 what? billion dollars. He can afford. Yeah. He can get a better haircut. He can't. Shoes is not. He's a, he is a puppet. He for sure is a puppet. I mean, he, he for is sure a is a puppet. Fraud. He's yeah. a wooden boy, and he will never become a real boy. No, no. Oh, stop. Yeah. And he's, he acts, I mean, he, he's obviously acting under the influence of foreign governments. I mean, that's not even like a, you know, that it's a great line that she had there, but it is. It's a, they, he gets fed not only money, but he gets, I think he's, you know, he's marching orders from external sources that are not American, perhaps. Well, How about we just talk about the tech that yeah. he got? How yeah. about we talk about the tech that he got? Yeah. No one's willing to do that. Why yeah. was he forcing Kaspersky software in the shadows as a download mm. on all new Facebook users and adopters after he took a couple hundred million from the Kremlin? Why was he there for the launch of Mail.ru? What is this fucking guy up to? And he's supposed he to be up to no good. I, I, and I will continue to say, and I said this in 2017, all roads lead back to Larry Summers as well. Mm -hmm. And that needs to really be looked at and dug into. Because I think that, you know, they were just identifying, okay, here's a really good future data fucketeer, this kid yeah. that act, easily hacked into our easily hackable database that created this app that's born out of this, again, sort of a hatred and an incel movement towards women. Perfect for the Kremlin. Perfect for an anti-democratic agenda, right? If it, let's, let's help this kid along. Next thing you know, Peter Thiel's giving him everything he needs. And next thing you know, after that, when he burns through a tremendous amount of cash and he's having burn rate that is unsustainable without going public. Right. Because they didn't have, they didn't have a revenue model yet. He's heading over to the Kremlin when Medvedev is in there and get taken up hundreds of million dollars from uh, Alex Usmanov and Yuri Milner. And mm. the platform magically transforms into all these other things. Come on. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, easiest, it's, again, it's so in our I wrote this faces. in 2017. I did a four-part series on, on all of this Why in 2017. It's now like four years, what, five years later? Um, and it's not, you know, no one's picking, no one's written about this in, in the mainstream media, I don't think. Like, I don't think people have really gone back in there and said, what was Mark doing in the Kremlin there? What are the conversations that he had? Why does VK or the Russian version of Facebook look exactly like Facebook? How come it's exactly like Facebook? <sighs> you know, I mean, there's yeah, just questions okay, around that okay. that you have to... And he supposedly, personally, was quite liberal for a period of time, very you know supportive of Obama during those early years. But then suddenly, yeah. Trump sweeps in, and the entire editorial policy, if they, if they have one, which seems like they do, swings to Donald Trump. Now, every one of their top ten shared stories every week is by one of these right wing podcasters, and uh, you know it, it's this continuing, it's this really remarkable shift, which could only happen if you did it intentionally. I mean, it's not like America shifted that quickly. So, you know, there's something going that's, inside that, that's very dangerous. I think that's bullshit, too. Like, I don't understand why Ben Shapiro's show is constantly number one in these oh, Facebook yeah. things. Like, Facebook is a lot of old people. Like, I don't get that. It doesn't track. Like, old people track. don't want to listen to this young whippersnapper talking garbage. I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, you know Jack Pizobiak had a podcast that he just launched. And it was number one for like three weeks and then it disappeared. I don't know where it's gone, but he got to number one. Oh. Yeah, it launched oh. at number one. And I'm like, huh. How <laughs> did you say I ran? How did you do that? How <laughs> did, did you do that, Jack? That, <laughs> I don't know. We're just making fun. I'm just, I'm just making jokes. Yeah. We're joking around. It's Friday night. It's the after show. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? I don't know. <laughs> you, were gonna say, you were talking about uh, podcasts and you know, the numbers in the right wing um, slant. Of- I, had, I didn't write it down. I had such a great point, and now I forget it. So I don't know. I'm okay, that's my, okay. I want to eat my second cherry. Is what I'm going to do instead. You eat your second cherry. What's the time? Maybe it'll occur to me. Only there was someone to bring me a cocktail. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, well, this is interesting. I've never seen LB do a show without her cocktail. So that's uh, no, we're not seeing the I usual peak it, that please. that comes towards the end of the show. And that's not true. <laughs> I don't always have one, but I would say at this moment. Uh, I, you know, it's, oh boy. Huh. Okay, yeah. let's, let's move on. We're giving you a yeah, virtual so, drink. Uh, Have uh, a virtual which, cocktail. Which is, here's the other thing to remember about Facebook that I think is really important mm-hmm. for everyone to explain. I'm not on it. I have had to delete it twice. I'm sure it's active again. It is malware. It is, you guys. It operates functionally like malware. It's yeah. there on your devices, not for you to be on it or using it, but for it to scrape your data and usage from everything else, for it to track you, for it to find you, for it to, it is, it is spyware. So, and then they turn around and they sell that, Mm -hmm. which they do. And we know, and if you just even look at what, it just is a a sliver of the horrible, the horror show that is Mark, Mark, and Cheryl Sandberg, frankly, Cheryl Sandberg, just leaning fully into self-harm of young girls right now yes. and pushing algorithms down that Instagram and story into, is the, into the Instagram and getting these girls and then denying it. And then, but, Oh, okay. That was our own research. And we're going to deny it. And we're going to come up with some bullshit story. And they present like some woman who's like a blonde techie looking Silicon Valley mm. safe space. And she talks in their garbly good jargon. And then, so, the other thing going on here is it's malware. It's spying on us. It's sold to people who then have bad intentions and algorithms are then pushed down onto our children so that they will harm themselves, which is further fracturing society and further just sort of dismantling democracy, right? Mm. Because it's just making everything chaotic and everything 
miserable and defeating people and fucking up our lives, right? Yeah. So that they, for profit. You're going to have to love yourself more than you love Sheryl Sandberg's money. Yeah. And that's Again, the this kind is another... of magic that we need to keep pushing on there. What do you love more? You love your teenage daughter being mm-hmm. alive or life? Or do you like Sheryl Sandberg's bank account? Because that's the choice. Choose. And again, this is how democracy looks like when it's dying. This is the, you know, this is what it's, the death of it's democracy looks like. It's when foreign I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. She said in the Atlantic, hostile foreign power, but it's more than that. It is because, you know, as LB pointed out, it would not exist in its current form without mm-hmm. money from a actual hostile foreign power. Right. Basically, it's a hostile foreign power has installed this other hostile foreign power into mm-hmm. our lives. But it's like when the Soviets put Castro in Cuba, but yeah. instead of that dude, it's like they've installed him in our brain. You know, it's really, really vicious. And that's right. Facebook doesn't have the power that the East British East India Company had when they ran India for a hundred years and could like execute people and start yeah. wars and stuff. It can't do that yet. But, but it, it is. has it so can. much mind control. The, the yeah. mind control that it has, I think, arguably makes it even more powerful, which is scary because that those that company was really, really, really powerful. Yeah. But look, they are killing people. I think, you know, their COVID and, vax, and anti-vax yeah. thing is killing people. There's no doubt about it. Myanmar is another example. Absolutely, they're killing yeah. people and they're influencing yeah. the world policy and politics in a way which is, you know, extraordinary. So I don't think it's happened anytime since then. You're right to point out the East India Company. So there's yeah. a, you know, it, they're dangerous and they're above the law. They don't seem to. In the entire Silicon law. Valley does not get any justice. Like there's no law and order ever around them. It's just they're always, they're the ones setting their own rules. They're self-regulating. No one can seem to, you know, accuse them of any crimes or find them guilty of any crimes. So they're so powerful. And yet, you know, it does, except for Theramos, I guess. But, you know, the, an exception. There, where's everybody else? You know, where there are clearly crimes committed by Zuckerberg, including perjury as well. Like, I mean, he's lied in front of Congress. Why I are these things? Let's bring this all back around to how you started the show, hmm. right? In that, first of all, to work in that company, you have to be brainwashed yourself. I think they're in a bubble there, all those employees. And so for us to keep doing this, hopefully will be like the most shameful thing for mm-hmm. anyone. To, that I would love for them to lose their workforce. I don't know that it would make a damn bit of difference because of the type of assistance I think Mark Zuckerberg can always have available to him. To bring this back around to the what is actually in that reconciliation package, that $3.5 trillion, one of the big things in there is to put tremendous resources back into the treasury in terms of the FinCEN, the folks that track down anti-money laundering, the mm. folks that track down tax fraud, the folks that actually did the job that took down Al Capone, right? right, right. So if you're these punks, and I'm sorry they are, and who are also frauds, who are also clearly have, there, there can be criminality found in a lot of what they're doing. And as you said, Zeb, even down to something as simple, but seemingly not a crime since Kavanaugh of perjuring yourself, uh, you know, lying under oath. There's plenty to go after when it comes to these tech companies to mm-hmm. actually start not just getting the money, but, you know, separating them from anything that they might be doing in terms of laundering money coming from dark sources through their tech, but taxing them. Um, and I don't think it's just a tax equation why there's the Koch brothers and everybody else is so against this. I think it's the investigatory power 
that would come into where does this fucking money come from Mm -hmm. and what are you enabling with it? Exactly. I I do. I think that's the fear point and why there's such a need to shut down the reconciliation package. I think it comes down to the IRS. I mean, Facebook is not just tax numbers. Facebook is what elected Donald Trump. I mean, we know that. That's not a theory. That's an actual fact. That's how he got all his funding was through Facebook. That's how all the misinformation was spread was through Facebook. That's how they did it. So it's not like it's not like an accidental observer of this thing. It is the scene of a crime, probably the biggest political crime in American history. And yet they seem to be able to get away with it just because, I don't know, it's a billion dollars of, the, of the economy every year. Well, get rid of the billion dollars. You know, we want our democracy back. We don't need Facebook. There's no need for Facebook. We, we're quite fine before Facebook and we'll find other ways to be socially in, you know, in touch with each other online after Facebook is gone. It's not even been around for longer than, what, 12 I don't know how old it is, but it's not that it's not a very old company. We can survive without Facebook. It's okay to shut the thing down because it's the scene of a criminal event. These guys are absolutely criminals. And there's a, a lawsuit right now making its way through Rhode Island, I think, that proves that they covered up everything around uh, Cambridge Analytica. They were only concerned about their own PR and how they were perceived in the public. And behind the scenes, they were going to extraordinary lengths to cover up the entire scandal around Cambridge Analytica, which they were intimately involved with. I mean, it's not, this is not a, not an accident. We are here because of Facebook. Oh, I love all of what you just said. There you go. It's really good. It's really good. I should also say that on Tuesday show. That's it. Uh, the, the author of the book, The Contrarian, which is uh, the Peter Thiel book, Peter Thiel and Silicon Valley's Pursuit of Power. Ooh, yeah, Max yeah, Chafkin yeah. is coming on the show on Tuesday uh, at 7 oh, p.m. Be a good one. It's a good book. He doesn't, uh, he goes uh, places with, with Thiel. And I, you know, Thiel, Thiel, I guess, is so despicable. I mean, really, really, really another reason why uh, Mark Zuckerberg was, was enabled throughout all those years. And basically, I think you know, sort of moved Zuckerberg away from the left wing into uh, this fascist state that he's, he's in right now. I mean, I think that's it all Teal's work in terms of, uh, of uh, Zuckerberg's evolution, I guess. Um, one, one quick thing. Facebook isn't just Facebook. Instagram is also owned mm-hmm. by Facebook. So people yeah. have said in the comments, yeah, no, no kids are on Facebook. That's true. All kids are on Instagram. Like right. Instagram is how they... You know, basically, it's one of the methods in which they all communicate. And WhatsApp, so. and WhatsApp, which is a huge other app. I mean, those three things. There's so much data yeah. Snapchat, flowing Snapchat through. Snapchat the, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but WhatsApp is owned by uh, Facebook. So you've got th- between those three companies, there's so much data that they have. They know who you're talking to. They know they know everything about you. They really, really do, and they can manipulate you in ways that we have no idea. There's no reason for anything that size. It, yeah, we're handing it all over to them. Yeah. We're giving yeah. it to them. And they're making money off your data, which is another they're thing. Right. But, the irony, but the irony of it all of it is, if everyone stopped using it tomorrow, the entire company would die. Yeah. He would just be Tom from MySpace with a bad haircut. You know? <laughs> it's so, so true. You have to make of him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's grounds to shut down the company. I really do. They're so wormed into everything else. That's what I'm trying to say is you don't mm-hmm. have to use it at all. He owns yeah. you. They own you because of the way that it works. So I come back to it again. But if everybody left that company tomorrow, I mean, just honestly, how how does anyone go to sleep at night that works there? How can they do yeah. it? They, so, have I mean, they have to lost a lot of people, a, I think, but not, a, not all people. They have a cult mindset going on there. They have, it has to be one of those, you know, it's Nexium, but with data. 
it's like a multi-level marketing company, mm-hmm. right? It's fused with, I don't know what, with Nixium. That's what it is. It right? is and and libertarian right. thinking, right, from Peter Thiel. Um, and and a really in shitty user interface. It, it looks like shit, too. It's a yeah. crappy, unesthetically <laughs> pleasing interface. You know what would happen if Zuckerberg lost all his staff is they would just make it out of Russia because they would have to over there. That's and it, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah, that's, it's not like they have principles. Speaking of, you know, cult-like behavior, we've been covering on narrative this week, the anti-vax movement, and particularly uh, this, this woman here, Dr. Simone Gold, who's, who's mm-hmm. gone from being an insurrectionist that she is in the, in the middle of the Capitol to preaching anti-vax stuff. She started the uh, white coat summit, which is basically the launch of all the COVID denial and the launch of all the anti-vax thinking that's been going on. She's now onto homeschooling and you know, going after your school boards and bankrupting uh, your school boards. And uh, we had uh, Dr. Nick Sawyer, who, was, uh, who started this organization called Dr. No License for Disinformation.org, which works towards de- taking away the licenses of doctors like Dr. Gold because they're spreading lies um, around COVID and vaccinations. This week, we found out after all of that reporting that they're making millions of dollars off their anti-vaccination efforts oh, here. So in, in two months alone, they made $6.7 million, um, you know, for selling everything from ivermectin to whatever else they do f- to, to push these lies. I mean, this is an industry built on lies that is built on killing people. And she's still a doctor who can operate under the boards of these uh, you know, state medical boards. So we're put, we just want to remind people that that website that you can go to and you can tell them about any doctors that are pushing anti-vaccination lies um, you know, as science when they're absolutely lying. Uh, I think it's a great way to get at these doctors and at least have some stakes for them. So I thought I'd mention that towards the end of the show here, because here we are. Thank you, Seth. Yeah. yeah thanks. Um, I think Seth, for, for staying on this, these types of news stories, mm-hmm. that if we had a little bit more support, could be pushed up, which is the point of narrative, right? Yeah. could be pushed up into a discourse so people could actually see it. Because I can't think of anything more valuable than disarming anti-vax doctors and even nurses. If you, they're out there using their license to spread all of that, they're actually doing harm. I mean, it's also because it gets the Hippocratic Oath. I appreciate you. For well, it really that. is. Really they're do. killing millions. I mean, we, we crossed 7 million lives. Sorry, 700,000 lives in America uh, yeah, yeah. this yesterday or the day before. I mean, it's a, that's a, you know, unthinkable that we've lost that many people to this disease. Yeah. Uh, this is not a great fun way to end the show, as I'm just realizing we're at the end of the show. So we should try to think of another. Um, oh, uh, I have some, something. Oh, okay, go for it. Okay, okay. good. I got Pull us out of this. I got us, Greg. LB, I'm going to ask you this because uh, well, you, yeah. you can both answer. Is there something inherently like attractive about Corey Lewandowski? Is he like the sexy guy? Oh, I don't understand. <laughs> he's like he's with you know Hope Hicks is is nice looking and Christy what's her nose she's evil but she's nice looking and it, Corey Lewandowski like I don't get it I just I don't understand it I mean uh, I, there's been a lot of madness that? there's been a lot of madness in the world but I I just I give up I don't even know. What to say? I mean, I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> you I mean, really want me to answer this? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. it is a rhetorical question. It is a rhetorical question. <laughs> but, you know, he's how. So he finally got fired, I guess. That was the end of his uh, Trump world existence, um, which is surprising that that's the reason that fire him, considering that the boss is who the boss is. But there you go. Some people can have 
different standards for Look, people get off on power. They mm. get off on power. And if, if this was a guy swimming in there with women who really get off on power, really corrupt women of which there are many, and they all seem to uh, find themselves in the, around that former president. And he's in there bringing sexuality into the aphrodisiac that they all were having about their own sense of power growing then that's something, you know, he's going to have to deliver on that. And so maybe there's a magic wand in there somewhere. But, you know, so he should just be sort of like the fairy, you know, maybe he's the fairy godfather in, in many, many different ways. Maybe he's got some magical dust. And these are people who probably on. were never um, that successful in that realm before, I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe as yeah. they, they found power, they're sort of like, you know, they lean these into it. losers who found power. Yeah. And yeah. I bet we're going to hear about a lot more. You know, we already heard about how Caligula and the whole place was, right? With like mm. everybody sleeping with everybody. And it just was like, ah, God, these people who would touch them. Well, there's yeah. they're nobody, so, but they'll touch each other, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know? And uh, so it, to stir up that uh, sort of craven, to bring all of that Caligula energy into the White House, was the part of the palace intrigue reporting that actually did have value because it was about degrading that office. And and, and as much as I can't stand all these books now coming out, still coming out, books Mm. from terrible people that could have done something but didn't do something, but now they've got a book to sell. I'm not going to read it. But like that Stephanie, whatever her name is. Grisham. Yeah. But the side of it to pay attention to is how corrosive that energy is mm-hmm. so if you're co- corroded like i can't imagine if chris you know you know someone first of all needs to find out where the fuck this woman came from like what's what's, what's up with her she came out of nowhere mm-hmm. she came out of nowhere in the state that's got the the gas shit and the pipeline with the oh <laughs> yeah what's going on there yeah, Wait, yeah did i not do that yeah. part did we not do we did cinema right didn't we did we not? No, oh, my no, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The yeah, best yeah, part yeah. of the show. The best part of the yeah, show. Oh, we have to do cinema. I, I was hoping. No, no, no. You got to just do this. I just got to do the two things about okay, why she's, it, why she's as it. corrupt as she is. I'm sorry. I forgot that she is. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, she's um, recently completed this internship at a Napa Valley winery, which she got paid, uh, what, $1,117 for the whole summer of being at the winery. She's not a typical winery person there in Napa Valley, but she sort of got the job because of her friend, Bill Price, who is a owner of TPG Capital, a private equity fund, one of the most lucrative funds in uh, in America. In addition to being an intern, which is a nice thing to maybe do while you're uh, a senator, she got a $5,000 per ticket fundraiser hosted by Mr. Price in Napa Valley. And amongst the people who were there, Bill Gates, who funded her um, some oh, money. God. And then she's now started a centrist pack so she can support all these other uh, centrist, I guess you'd call them, politicians using all this money that she's got from her friends in Napa Valley. Nothing you know, illegal with all of this, but it's not the kind of person she pretended to be when she first ran for office. And it's certainly not just an internship. It's a $5,000 ticket internship, uh, much more fundraising than anything else. So, um, yeah, she's not clean at all, I don't think. You know, this, the, the private equity fund is, uh, is dirty, dirty, dirty. Not that they do anything, you know, necessarily illegal, but their operations are aggressive and they lean towards the very, very rich and not the very, very poor in, in any given state. 
which is, I guess, dirty. Uh, I've run out of steam here. Um, so that's the show for tonight. Thanks, you guys. I'll be, I, I hope you feel better. I yeah. hope you do. Uh, thank you. I'm going to feel better. I really generally believe I'll be better by tomorrow morning, and it's not just wishful thinking. And uh, I encourage everyone, you know, give a little time and attention tomorrow to the Women's March. Yes, um, yes, yes. And, yes. and, and folks, uh, show it up there and willing to just continue to speak out and do what we have to do in exercising our civil liberties to try to protect them. So, yeah, I mean, this is still uh, coming back. You know, uh, Donald Trump will be running for president in 24. And the GOP has a very aggressive campaign and a real possibility of winning the House next year. So these guys are not gone. Everything we've been speaking about tonight is still ongoing. This thing is still moving. We're probably a third of the way into it. We're not even halfway there. So, you know, everything from Kavanaugh to uh, anti-vax stuff to Facebook, that's all still operating the way it was when we were there, started all of this in 2016, and it's still continuing. So I hope people aren't giving up hope or uh, faith in this because the battle continues, but you know, we still have to continue battling because it's not done yet. Greg, any last thoughts, anything you want to share before we leave? You know, we haven't discussed the one nugget that came out in Stephanie Grisham's book about <laughs> Trump requiring show tunes to oh, calm him down. Oh, to it. Yes. And, uh, you know, and that there was someone on staff nicknamed the Music Man who would play him soothing show tunes to calm him down. What's a soothing um, show tune? Right. Midnight <laughs> on a sound from the pavement. Oh. Has the moon lost? I can keep singing while you fade out. Zoe. Oh, I, I, yeah, I was just enjoying it so much, out. I would that's never all, fade that's out. That's all remember. That is yeah. Putin's favorite song. Oh, really? <laughs> so you remember? And he you know what? a documentary he made for himself with that song. Really? How yep. do you know all this stuff? You just know it. Oh, fuck it. I studied that bastard forever. That's that a great fucking song, and I'm not time. letting them have it. I'm not yeah. letting them have it. I'm reappropriating <laughs> the song. Fuck you, Vlad. You can't have it. On that note, uh, I'm going to end the show. Thanks very much for being here tonight, LB and Greg Oliara. It's great to have you back together because we've been having Thanks, that for a couple of weeks. And uh, we'll be back next Friday with the after show. Sorry, go ahead, LB. And out no. ends of spooky days. Anytime you want to cut, Zeb. Oh, no, I'm enjoying this. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'm here all night. I, I, I can, I, you can just keep going. No problem. <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a good night. Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. Join today and support truly independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. That's patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative.